You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You know, whether you're favorite or not favorite, you know, we understand who we are. We're the Green Bay Packers. You know, this is the 2018 version, 100-year anniversary, so there's a lot of great energy around here that we haven't had in the past. Um, we're going to try to take advantage of it. You were Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for fan-sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find it wherever podcasts are sold, distributed, searched for. Wherever you can find them, that's where we are. And by the time you're listening to this, the Packers likely have already kicked off training camp for 2018. And because we haven't actually seen anything on the field yet, we can't talk about what has happened today. That will be tomorrow. We'll have to save that first day of training camp. Mike McCarthy had his opening press conference on Wednesday. Not really anything that interesting to to go over there. The two pieces of information, though, that we learned on Wednesday about the Packers moving forward that has bearing on training camp and this this roster as a whole are Nick Perry is on the PUP list to open training camp and Michael Clark, the promising second-year receiver who had been at OTAs and minicamps, was announced on the retired reserve list and, according to Ian Rappaport, has decided to no longer pursue football. He's, he's retiring. And that is a particularly interesting development for the Packers because I think that potentially opens up a roster spot. I was someone that believed, and and we just went over this, I just said I thought he would make the 53-man roster. Clearly, he has made a choice for him that is a personal choice. I don't know if it had anything to do with the amount of receivers Green Bay drafted or the amount of reps he was getting in the offseason work, and maybe he just saw the writing on the wall and decided, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know. And I don't think it would be fair to speculate because ultimately it's his decision and you have to trust him to make that decision for him. He is a former basketball player um, that, that played limited college football and then was was trying to make it as an NFL player and was really just tools. And I was talking to uh, my friend and colleague Jason Hershorn about it and he pointed out that last year Clark was the only guy who was 6'4 or bigger in the receiver room. Well, that's no longer true. Green Bay drafted two of those guys and then brought in two tight ends who are huge targets. And so that that the novelty of his size perhaps wears off a little bit. But so what does this mean for the Packers and their roster construction? So we talked about this a little earlier in the week. I think the locks at receiver are the three starters, Allison, Adams, Cobb. I think more is a lock, and I don't know what to make of Trevor Davis and D'Angelo Yancey. And I, I have hardly mentioned Yancey's name on this show, and I don't think it's necessarily fair to think that Yancey, 
who is a former fifth-round pick, and Davis, who's a former fifth-round pick, are in a worse position to make this team than Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Equinemius St. Brown, who were equally or lower in terms of their draft position. You would think the guys with experience in this offense and, and NFL game time in the case of Trevor Davis, Davis is the punt returner, that they would have a leg up. And yet in most of these roster projections you see out there, including the one that I gave, Trevor Davis is not on the roster. Does Clark's departure from the team open up a place for someone like Yancey or Davis to sneak on? I still think it's a long shot that all three rookies make the team. I think more likely Green Bay keeps someone like Davis and then you have more and EQ or Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and you try and sneak EQ onto the practice squad, I think that's a long shot too. I think Valdez-Scantling, because of the raw nature of his game, is the guy most likely to land on the practice squad, unless Green Bay gives him an opportunity as a return man. I have said all along that that my preference is Trevor Davis is not on this team because he doesn't give enough as a receiver, and you let Ty Montgomery return punts. And return kicks. He's the best returner on this team. You're talking about an all-American kick returner. Why would If he's not going to be the starting running back and he's not going to be a starting receiver, then why would you not put him out there? Why would you not let him return kicks? He's the best guy. He, I mean, he He's clearly the best guy. And even if he's going to be a rotational running back, you have two other guys that you like. Now, obviously, week one, week two, that complicates things because Aaron Jones isn't going to be out there. But I I would put Montgomery back there and say, you're going to return kicks for us. Mike McCarthy went through a phase trying to fix the special teams where he was going to put starters out there. Well, then put your best guy out there and put Ty Montgomery out there. I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. That would allow them to not have to keep Trevor Davis if he doesn't take a step forward. I just, there is nothing that I've seen on the football field in the NFL offensively, that suggests to me that Trevor Davis is an NFL player. And D'Angelo Yancey, even as a draft pick, couldn't make the team last year, was on the, on the practice squad. So how much loyalty is Brian Gutekinds going to have to former draft picks how, that are not his, that are Ted Thompson's? And, and that may vary based on what he thought of them coming out, because remember, he was in the scouting department. He was a part of those decisions when those decisions were made. And so... Is there loyalty to Yancey? Is there loyalty to Trevor Davis? Do they get the benefit of the doubt? Does Mike McCarthy feel a certain way about those guys and the benefit of the doubt that they deserve? I, we, we can't know those questions. I think what's going to have to happen is practice is going to play out. We've already seen some nice plays from Equinemius St. Brown. We haven't really heard much from anyone else to this point. So unless Trevor Davis just blows the doors off as a returner and shows competency as a receiver, I don't know how you can put him on the team as just a special teams player. I did a whole show on this earlier in the offseason. I just, I don't see it. I don't think the Packers would want to do that. It's just the, the league doesn't work like that anymore. And, and they made it clear they do not like the receivers or they do not feel confident in the depth of receivers that they had on this squad. And in some ways, Michael Clark's retirement makes it easier for them to say, we made an investment in these draft picks. These are our guys. 
clearly they didn't like Davis or Yancey enough to not take three new receivers. And they just signed two more who are probably practice squad bodies, but Adonis Jennings had nearly been signed by Cincinnati and and wasn't. He's an undrafted free agent. It's not like these guys are likely to come in and make the team, but they could come in and, and fight for a spot. Clark leaving opens the door for one of these players to show out and force his way onto the team. And that's what you want in these battles because Green Bay already has pass-catching weapons. These are, these are guys who are fighting for battles on the margins. They're fighting for playing time 30, 40% of snaps maybe, maybe even less. So luckily for the Packers, Michael Clark does not, does not mean you know a starter-level player is gone, although I thought that there's a, there was potential there to be a starter-level player. He just had a lot to learn. But this, this clears the decks for these rookies to come in and, and they'll get more reps, more snaps. Practice, practice reps in training camp are at a premium, especially when there's 90 guys out there. They make the, the cuts and you, and you get a little bit more. But these reps are all precious. And so that may mean more opportunities with Aaron Rodgers for some of these younger players. It might mean more opportunities for Brett Hundley, a guy who knows the offense, although I think Kaiser is end up going to end up being QB2. Hundley knows this offense better, so maybe that gives you a better chance to shine. Who knows? What we do know is Clark is retired, and that leaves, in my opinion, a roster spot open. Who grabs it? We're going to have to wait and see. The other bit of news coming out ahead of training camp was the PUP list. Brian Bulaga on it, as expected. Now, he he said in March that no news was good news in terms of his doctors. He, he has not suffered any setbacks that we know of. And so, you know, that, that could put him on track to be back early in the season. But here's, here's the way PUP works. If he starts the year on PUP, it's six weeks before he can be back. Now that that pretty much dovetails with the timeline of when he would he would probably be ready to go. Now they could activate him and put him on the roster if he if they think okay week two week three or even week four just so that he can be on the roster and ready to go when they need him and he's not sitting there healthy when he can't come off the the PUP list. Green Bay has to get the right side of that roster settled. It was interesting when when Mike McCarthy was asked yesterday about whether he is excited about the prospect of competition on the right side of his line. McCarthy made an interesting point, and I was surprised a little bit. It, and the question was about balancing you know, the difference between competition and continuity. And are you excited to have some competition? And Mike McCarthy has always been a guy who says, I like to have competition. I want guys to come in and compete for jobs. I don't want them to feel like their jobs are just theirs. I like having players who want to come in and compete. And yet, what he said was, at offensive line, continuity is important. I think that should that should tell us a lot about who has the inside track at right guard and right tackle. Probably Justin McCray, probably Jason Spriggs. Those guys played the most snaps there last year. They're the guys who are best suited to play those positions right now. Jason Spriggs has gotten bigger, stronger. McCray was um, a below-average tackle, but a more-than-adequate guard, and so he seems like the odds-on favorite there as well. That is continuity. Is there going to be competition for those spots? We'll see how Kyle Murphy looks. 
I don't expect Kofi Amichia to come in and, and, you know, try and compete for that guard spot. Maybe Kyle Murphy comes in and tries to compete for that guard spot. We'll see. The more concerning news, PUP-related, was Nick Perry. And Field Yates initially reported that he was going to be on the PUP with the hand, and that made me wonder, is there lingering issues? Were there screws that needed to be taken out because he was dealing with that hand injury most of last year? And if that injury is still a problem for him, you know, we're talking about nine months after it happened, 10 months, that's a serious concern for the Packers. Now, what it turns out to be is an ankle injury. It is not expected to be serious. It is not expected to keep him out. He's supposed he should be off PUP by the time week one rolls around. That is the expectation. That was what Rob Domofsky reported on Wednesday. In some ways, that is a blessing in disguise for the Packers because it means more snaps for Vince Beagle, who was basically redshirted last year. More snaps with the ones for someone like Reggie Gilbert and Chris Odom. And maybe there are opportunities for those guys to make an impact and, and to learn. I mean, the, the, the there are camp battles, and those are important, obviously, for, for the, where the jobs are going to be. But it's also really important that these guys learn, that they that they get experiential learning opportunities to learn by doing and to see things and and to grow and to make mistakes and to have it be corrected because it's one thing to see someone else make a mistake and and watch it be corrected it's another when it's your mistake because you are you know what your mindset was when you made that mistake you know better than than anyone else why you made that mistake and so when that gets corrected it resonates for you in a way that it doesn't for other players and it, do, or it, it and it doesn't when you see someone else get corrected because if he runs the wrong route you don't know why he ran the wrong route but if you run the wrong route maybe you misheard what was called or maybe you thought the play was something else you might not hear the explanation you might just hear you ran the wrong route here and you knew that it was the wrong route but it's not your route to run and so that's not, you didn't learn anything. In, in football, there is no better teacher than experience. And so for guys like Vince Beagle and Reggie Gilbert and Odom and, and all these guys to have opportunities to play with the ones in the preseason, Clay Matthews probably not going to play in the first preseason game. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to be on a pitch count. Devontae Adams probably, Jimmy Graham probably. To have these other guys get opportunities to play and play heavy snaps and in this Mike Pettin defense, which is a new defense, this could be a blessing in disguise. And and I'll take it a step further. You're you're saving the miles that you're putting on Nick Perry, a guy who is a proven injury risk. So rather than putting him through all the conditioning drills and all of this, I mean, this is a guy who stays in impeccable shape. You, you've ever seen his, I mean, look at him. He is, he looks like he was sculpted out, out of marble. He, he is a physical specimen. So expecting him to come in and, and you know, have to play himself into shape, that's not, a, that's not a problem. If he can get back into practice the last week or two before the season opens, that is enough time to get him ready to play. There's shape and then there's football shape. And Mike McCarthy said in his press conference, guys come in, their pads are too high. Those are things that have to be corrected. You just have to get back and, and get into a rhythm. But you're still saving Nick Perry's legs, and you're saving his entire body. That's fewer hits, fewer opportunities for him to get hurt, but also those hits add up over the course of a season. 
And so if you can save those hits in training camp and in preseason, then that gives you a better opportunity over the course of the the year once the games matter and and every snap matters, that maybe you have a, a higher tolerance level that maybe it takes a little bit more to get you to, to that place where you're going to be injured. Maybe that that extra snap that you didn't take in July means it's a, a snap you can take in October. And if we're talking about several weeks worth of snaps that you're not taking in the summer, in the dead heat of the humid Green Bay summers, then maybe that means time you're saving that can be used with your body later, that you'll be a little bit fresher when we get into October, November, and December. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for him to just be held out. Just hold him out until that last week. Maybe get him a series or two in a preseason game and and let's go. Because it doesn't sound like this is a serious injury. I think Green Bay is going to have their eyes on players around the league, guys, veteran edge rushers who are likely to get cut. Kevin Dodd was just cut in Tennessee. I don't see that as a fit in Green Bay. Not a good enough athlete. Would not have been the kind of player they would have drafted coming out of college. And so that makes it, I would say, more unlikely for him to join this team. But they need bodies. I mean, there's no question. I don't think Ahmad Brooks at his age makes a lot of sense here. But Connor Barwin was just signed. So he's off the he's off the table. Not a lot of options beyond him. It's a lot of older guys who may or may not have juice left in the tank. And so maybe what you get is is a team later in the year, you know, someone like when when the Packers cut Josh Sitton in August, late August. That's how they got Ahmad Brooks in the first place. A team cut him, was playing a little bit out of position. Ahmad Brooks gave Green Bay good snaps when he was on the field. If someone is just being squeezed out for salary cap reasons, Green Bay has some room under the cap. They can they can sign a name player if they want to. That is certainly an opportunity for them to add a body just to give them a little bit more depth, a little bit more room for error on the edge because the odds of Nick Perry and Clay Matthews combining to play 16 games, it's just not going to happen. One of them, maybe. Both of them, no. Just no. You And you can't count on it if you're the Packers because there's there's no indication based on their history that, that that's going to happen. You have to hope that someone like Vince Beagle is is ready to, to come in and play significant snaps. He looks bigger. He, he has a better understanding of, of what it takes to be an NFL player now, what it takes to study and all those things. You can be the, the hardest worker in college, and when you get to the league, it's a different level because you don't have to worry about school. This is your job. And so taking care of your body and taking care of your film study and all those things, you have to, you have to kick it up a notch. And there is, again, nothing like experience. And so now he knows. Now he's learning a new defense. So his his being in the system maybe not so helpful. But this is another place where someone like Michael Clark bowing out could help someone like Kendall Donerson. Maybe that roster spot gets eaten up by an edge rusher. Donerson has no clue what he's doing, but is a physical marvel and a, and a potential special teams player. Maybe this gives him an opportunity with Nick Perry out. Maybe Donerson gets a chance to play with the twos rather than the threes and gets a chance to show his skills against better talent, against better competition, and earns his way onto the field. These are these are the trickle-down effects of having these guys no longer a part of the team, or at least in, in Nick Perry's case, temporarily not part of the team. 
If it is true that this ankle injury does is not going to keep him out of actual NFL games, I actually think it helps the Packers long-term. Not just for Nick Perry and keeping his body fresh, but also giving all of these other younger guys opportunities to learn, to grow, and to succeed. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow to talk about the first day of training camp and some of the stuff that went down. We'll have some updates from Mike McCarthy. Friday shows for people, once we get into the nitty-gritty of the season, Friday shows come out in the afternoons for injury reasons. So if someone gets hurt Thursday, there may be other, other kinds of updates. When Mike McCarthy addresses, he's going to have a press conference Friday, he said, to update the health, so we'll learn more about Brian Bulaga. So Friday shows are going to be afternoon shows from now on. They will not come out until the afternoon or evening. That is just, that is going to be how Fridays work. Monday through Thursday, you're going to get the shows first thing in the morning. When you wake up, they will be there. Friday shows are not like that. And so we're just going to get into the habit of doing that now because stuff like this is going to happen. McCarthy is going to give a press conference. He's going to address, hopefully address Brian Bulaga's injury. He hadn't, I mean, he hadn't even seen Aaron Rodgers when he addressed the month, the media on, on Wednesday, couldn't even tell them if for sure he was there. Now, that was never a question, but it's just one of those things. So, again, Friday afternoon, early evening, depending on where you live, that show coming then. We're going to have so much on Acme Packing Company breaking down everything that you see in training camp-wise. So, be sure to follow them on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Go like us on Facebook. Leave a review on the iTunes page. It helps get the word out. People really do read those things. They see a podcast. Oh, let's go look at the reviews. We'll be back on Monday, and we will be that much closer to exhibition games, to seeing the Packers on the field in a game for the very first time. We're not that far away. We really aren't. It is. It will be here before you know it. So that means you have to stay locked on, Packers.